0: Welcome to the Made True Podcast, a podcast for the wholehearted makers and shakers of the world. We're about blending intentionality, both within our business and our personal lives so that we can make and live a life that is authentic and full of purpose. Hi, I'm Jamie Hyatt, your host, and welcome to season two. This is episode one. We are here. It's been such a long few couple of months over the summer while I did my busy wedding months and also getting ready for marriage myself. Landon and I just got back from Chicago, literally just a couple of days, and we have been slowly kind of easing back into normal life. And I'm really, really, really excited because this is the first time he's ever done a podcast, and he's gonna be on my podcast. I think he'll be on many of these in the future. (laughs) Uh, Maybe not just mine, I think he'll get interviewed much more in the future by other people. That's my prediction, Landon. Um, So say hi to all the wonderful people. Um, Landon, I wonderful people. <laughs> what do you do as a profession?
1: I'm a food and beverage designer.
0: What does that mean exactly? It
1: means I'm an interior designer that doesn't want to admit he's an interior designer. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: you mostly work with restaurants and breweries, right? That's right. And what drew you to doing food and beverage?
1: It's a good question. I feel like I like to drink and eat a lot. Um, Creating new experiences for other people is very interesting to me. It's not just a personal experience, it's you're kind of manipulating a community somehow Mm -hmm. by a design Um, if you realize it's designed or not. Mm -hmm. It's it's really interesting.
0: Yeah, because you're essentially creating an atmosphere and that atmosphere goes in hand with people's experiences as well as the people who created that brand. And like that food or beverage. That's right. Um, so, of course, Landon is sitting here and he's drinking some beer. What are you drinking right now?
1: Uh, I think it's a Blind Man Pale Ale. Yeah. It's one of my favorite local brews. It's from Lake Combe, just between Edmonton and Calgary.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, it's Burton. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Cool. So, Landon is now my husband. So we thought a fun way before we get into questions. So obviously, so many of you kind of wrote in and gave us some questions, some for Landon, some for me that will be questioned by Landon. And Landon also came up with a few for himself to ask me, which I'm excited for him to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but I think fun. we'll do something more fun first. So we're going to start off with the newlywed game, because how often do we get to be newlyweds? So might as well take advantage to play the game. What we did is we went on to icebreakersidea.com and we did the newlywed questions. And there's like 13 different categories, and that's way too many, especially because we wanna keep this under an hour, hopefully. So what we did is Landon and I picked about seven of those categories, and we're gonna roll a die so that the questions are random. And then, Landon, this is what we gotta do, we gotta answer like our spouse would answer so when i ask a question to you you have to answer it as if you're me Hmm. so it's kind of backwards so you have to try and guess what they would say so if i was like an example would be uh what's your favorite color you have to guess what i would say Uh, Is my favorite color, and I'd have to guess what you would say is your favorite color. Okay. Does that make sense? Got it. Okay, cool. So, which category do you want to do first? Dating, first, future, favorite? Let's do firsts. Okay, first. Go ahead, roll.
1: Number one.
0: Uh, What did your spouse get you for your first Christmas together and for your first birthday? Wait, that's too easy because you know what you got me. Okay, let's just do it like, do you remember what I got you? I know what you got me. Go ahead. What did i get you for your first for our first christmas i
1: feel like you got me snowshoes you spent way too much money on them
0: yes that's true yeah okay. i did get you those uh burnt orange ones mm-hmm. yeah You're that right. we've
1: used a lot of <laughs> times
0: yes i got you snowshoes you got me hunter boots mm-hmm. and i remember it distinctly because you put them outside because you made me, I don't know why you made me think that they had to be cold. You said mm. something about it having to be cold and I had to go outside to get it. And so his whole family was around us and they all watched me go outside in this freezing Saskatchewan negative 30 weather uh, to go get my hunter boots, which I still have today. Okay, now my turn. I want to do best, worst, most, and least. Best, most. It's number six. Again?
1: Nope. Oh. First one is one.
0: Oh, was it? Oh, right. Number six. <laughs> what is your spouse's most irritating habit? Okay, this is answering how you would answer. Okay, about me. So I would say you think my most irritating habit would be asking big life questions right before you're falling asleep.
1: It's pretty good. <laughs> I feel like...
0: What would you say is mine? Yours
1: would be me leaving all my clothes on the floor when I'm tired and I just want to go to bed. And you get grumpy about that.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know if that's my my most. I'm trying to figure out what my most would be. Oh,
1: meaning there's multiple. (laughs) I only had one.
0: Uh, Oh, you only have the one about me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, hooray. Mm. I, I doubt that. I think it's a good one yeah I don't like it no I think okay no this is the one it would be I would have answered putting your dirty clothes on the clean clothes
1: that's pretty close that's pretty close because that's basically the
0: same thing I think that was pretty good I would give you the point for that okay which category love and marriage funny favorites future dating 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 okay roll six again yeah Matt you need to you need to go uh,
1: it's weighted dice
0: yeah. Uh what did your spouse think about you after your first date? Okay, what are we counting as our first date the night we met? I think that should be our oh. okay, let's do that. So what would you think I would say about that?
1: That I was seeing multiple people and it was very beautiful.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I normally
1: do, but not that time.
0: Yeah, that's correct. I did think you were I thought you had a girlfriend. Or that you were seeing somebody else and that you were just, like, this incredibly good-looking guy that was being unfaithful to his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe that you were single. And so I got really upset about that. Uh, So, correct. What did your spouse think about you at your first date? What did you think about me? Oh, (laughs) you probably thought oh my god I love this woman I want her to be mine but she's a little weird (laughs) because I totally freaked out and was trying to like run away because I thought he had a girlfriend and I was just trying to steer clear of bad guys like that
1: pretty good
0: that's pretty good how would you change it
1: I maybe thought you were out of my league
0: Oh, really no way (laughs) but I
1: locked you down (laughs)
0: out of my league yeah right pretty boy okay mine okay i want to do future roll actually i want to roll because you keep rolling sixes i want to do something different four where would your spouse choose to go on a dream vacation
1: probably be bali Mm. she'd want to do yoga Mm -hmm. and be by the beach and yeah just relax it's
0: mm-hmm. a pretty good answer What's fine your dream vacation would be ooh it's kind of a toss up between two, my first instinct is to go to Tofino and just be low key and go to the breweries If they're... I don't even know if we really have that many breweries in Tofino, but they might at this point go fishing and surfing and just relax Mm-hmm. Um, more of the the Pacific Northwest kind of lifestyle, um, hike and be out in nature. I think that's what your number one would be. The second one, my second guess would be, like go to Portland and go to all the breweries there. Anything to do with breweries?
1: <laughs> sounds that, pretty good. I would right? go with number one. Tofino. Yeah, that yes. sounds pretty good.
0: Nailed it. And, uh, let's do love in marriage. Do you want to roll? Don't roll six. Okay, three. three. <laughs> uh, how would you express your love for your spouse on Valentine's Day and on your spouse's birthday? <laughs> this is easy for Landon. Landon would express his love not on Valentine's Day. We don't do Valentine's Day. That's not who we are. But your birthday, or my birthday, you would buy me something practical, something that I really needed but probably would never buy for myself. Example, the very first birthday, he bought me a camera clip for my hiking backpack, which I thought was the weirdest gift as anyone has ever given me. And I was kind of sad because I wanted something just like cutesy. I didn't want anything practical because practical didn't make any sense to me. But now it's funny. I actually look forward to getting practical gifts.
1: Mm-hmm. What would you mm-hmm. get me for your birthday? Again, you'd probably spend way too much money <laughs> on something I really wanted, but I didn't buy for myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, you would take notes well in advance what I wanted. You'd be prepared.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a whole notes app. Anytime mm-hmm. you mention anything, I write it down. Because the worst thing ever is when a birthday or like Christmas is coming up and I have no idea what to get you and so I go into my little notes app and I keep log of everything and even like things that he sends me sometimes I'll take a picture of it and put it in like a category of just reminding myself um what he wanted because I know he won't buy it for himself it's very rare that Landon actually goes and buys something that he wants so I end up wanting to buy it for him um any examples of that Landon?
1: Things you've bought me? Mm Mm-hmm Motorcycle? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's probably the biggest that's one. That's the
1: biggest. That's the, yeah. The best. Biggest the best. and best.
0: Okay, which category? Uh, future or firsts? Or favorites? F- let's do favorites. Favorites. Okay, roll. Five. Favorites, number f- Five. Did I go past it? Oh, yeah, I did. Favorites. What is your spouse's favorite movie snack? What do you think I would say?
1: I would say popcorn. But you'd have to also buy sweets. Because you're more of a sweet tooth. Like, mm-hmm. you like sugary things. hmm. Not as much savory. Mm hmm.
0: So, what so, would I buy?
1: You'd be able, I don't know what they're called like those little soother things. Oh, the sour patch kids. Sure. Yeah. I But correct. you would also want popcorn, so you'd probably mix the two.
0: Yeah. Correct. If it was you, your favorite movie snack is popcorn and M&Ms. But you don't need the M&Ms. You like the popcorn more because you're more of a salty. Yeah. And if they had, like, really good hamburger or, like, a hot dog there, you probably would get that, too. Or nachos. Yeah, not
1: a hamburger. Maybe a hot dog. Hot dog, yeah. But probably not. I've never done that before in my life. But No, but you always talk about it.
0: Like, you always talk about the nachos, but you never buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do future... Five. Future number
1: five.
0: What is your spouse's dream job? And what is your dream job?
1: So, so what is your
0: spouse's dream job? So what would I say is You want to be,
1: what, an editorial person, an editor for a magazine mm-hmm. or some sort of creative director for a magazine. hmm And my future dream job, mm-hmm. how do, I can't answer before you do yours. No, I got to answer it okay, first. you do yours first. Uh,
0: your dream job essentially is to have this, you'd like to have a creative firm. Mm-hmm that is interior design, but obviously food and beverage focused, Mm -hmm. but you also want that firm to be part of a collective of other businesses. So you'd wanna mix all the things that you love. So you want your Mm -hmm. creative firm, and then you want that to be attached to like an amazing coffee shop and attached to like an incredible brewery or attached to like a wonderful retail space. You want something that feels inclusive and allows you to kind of express the different areas of your um your interests like for instance like I think you this is like I guess this is where I would say like you would do so well it's like if you had a firm and then you had like a shop to the side so that if you decided to create like a piece of furniture for one of your spaces you could go and like put that together in the next room if you really wanted to to like and put from mind to tangible because you're a hardworking, tangible person. You like to make things with your hands. So I see it as like a collective space to be able to experience all the things you love to experience like food and bed, but also the creative firm and then a shop where you get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. That's your ultimate dream. Mm-hmm.
1: It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You nailed it. Nailed it. That's your dream yeah. job? I don't know. Maybe not the interior design. It could be any creative. Like, I think I just mm-hmm. want to be making stuff. Yeah. It's making interiors or making architecture or making furniture or making something. Like even beer? Something that I care about.
0: Yeah. Um. Definitely. Uh, my dream job, uh, it, like, I always feel like it's so multidimensional. Like, definitely one of my big dreams is having... I would love to be a creative art director. 100% for a magazine or anything visually like even if I got to curate a gallery like that would be really cool mm-hmm. I love pulling things together and I like working with teams, but another big dream of mine is to It's kind of like to be an auth, like an author and a speaker and I'd like to help other people in some capacity I really want to be a philanthropist like i want to be able to uh, Donate to charities. I just like my ultimate dream is to have a big impact in the world by helping as much as I can. and That's kind of where my heart is. And I don't see it in like one general area. I see myself in so many different little areas, which kind of sums up my personality. Mm-hmm. I like to have my hand in a lot of different things. <laughs> okay, let's do one funny one left and then we'll move on to the question. So, funny, roll. One. If you could describe yourself in one word, what word would it be? So, what would you think I would say in one word? About me. Yeah. Goofy. Goofy? And then... Coofy. Coofy. No, quiet and goofy. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. I think in one word I would actually call you um, loyal Hmm. or... It's not funny. It's not funny, but it's a word. It's true. Or I'd say like you're very or multi-talented Oh, there's too many words for you. You're
1: very passionate.
0: Yeah, passionate's a good word for me. Passion. Passion basically rules me in every capacity. hmm Okay, cool. So let's go into questions. Do you want me to do your questions first, or do you want to do mine? Let's do... Okay, let's do mine. You can ask me those questions. So these questions are actually coming from Instagram and email. So we picked a couple. Some of them were repeats. And so... Yeah, we have how many? Seven? seven. Holy kid, yeah, seven. Um Yeah, okay, go ahead.
1: <laughs> what are your big lofty dreams that you have for the future? Separately and as a team? Any co- cool ideas for future business opportunities? Question mark? Okay.
0: So separately any cool lofty business dreams? Um, so right now oh gosh, I have so many. They're always all over the place. Like I'd love to be an author. I do want to write a book. I've kind of started a couple. (laughs) I started books so I don't finish them. Um, I'm working on creating online programs and products for people to learn from. I've been doing lots of creative mentorship and I kind of want to turn that into something um, that I can help more people. Um, Also, I want to do um, so many things. I want to have a creative studio. I want to be able to have a team more. I want to work with others. I'm Working on this nonprofit organization that I really want to do for people on chronic illness. I want to be an art director. I want... There's just too many. I want to be able to work with Landon more in the future as like a team. Um, how, I don't really know yet. We'll figure that out. But yeah, that's a couple of them. Big lofty dreams. I'd love to get a new house eventually, but stay probably inner city mm-hmm. we also talked about going away for a year and living in like denmark which i would love to do i want to stay in copenhagen for a year to work and learn abroad and just be part of a different lifestyle uh <laughs> i have dreams of the wazoo i have a million dreams i want to be interviewed by oprah i would love to give a ted talk there's so many things. I'd love to be asked to do workshops. I would love to ask to like go away and be a speaker at a workshop for like creative entrepreneurs or photographers, all that stuff.
1: How did you find your flow as a couple in business together?
0: Wait, go back. You have to do your dream job. Like, or your oh, lofty goals. To,
1: I have to respond to this. Yeah, thing?
0: I said together and separately. Well, yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> I think you answered my goals.
0: Did you? Is that was the same thing for you? No. No.
1: But like in our couples challenge
0: yeah that's true yeah that's true we did cover that but yeah. anything like with us together I think
1: that couples? means just like for separately as it separately and as a team so like
0: mm-hmm.
1: so like you would speak to that as a team mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. me yeah
0: that's true okay number yeah.
1: two number two how did you find your flow as a couple in business together <laughs>
0: Trial and error? <laughs> um, oh, I know she said because it could bring a lot of tension. I know she said that. Which is true. Partnerships can be really difficult and there can be a lot of tension. I think for Alana and I, what we've found that works is just realizing where the other person's strengths are and just letting them showcase their strengths and then allowing that to come through. So Len and I have obviously worked together on photo shoots, not only in the wedding industry, um, but also I've also worked for him at one of his shoots for interior design. And uh, we've had, obviously in the beginning it was hard because we both have different visual perspectives and ideas, but over time we just learned how to come together. So my biggest thing was wondering, okay, what is your perspective? What do you want to see? What is your end goal here? And then this is mine. This is what I think and kind of coming more in a collaborative direction. And sometimes we don't always agree. But what we would I would always end up do is be like, okay, like let me shoot yours and then let me shoot mine. And then when we see it kind of up on the computer, we can determine what we feel like is the best direction. And then that way we both kind of got to move forward together. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always coming into the middle that allows us um, to work better and just, just knowing um, yeah, where our strengths are and uh, allowing the person to show up to showcase their strengths instead of inhibiting them or holding them back. That's Elda. <laughs> <laughs> All would right. you agree?
1: I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Three.
1: Number three. It's hard not to feel like your ideas or aesthetic is not up to snuff due to social media. As good as it is, it seems to worsen or magnify this feeling. Is this similar to your field in photography? Or have you ever faced this personally? Mm -hmm. If so, any words of advice? Mm
0: -hmm. This one's a big one. Um, Yes, 100%. I face this literally every single day, especially with Instagram and like social media. Instagram is the worst because all those beautiful feeds, especially with photographers, when they're so incredibly talented and there's all these different styles, It's really hard to feel like you are doing the best that you can do. Um, I'm constantly playing the comparison game. It was so much harder in the beginning because I didn't really have my personal aesthetic and I was still trying to figure out what that was and where I wanted to go. And so when I was just bombarded with these beautiful, gorgeous feeds on Instagram by these incredibly talented photographers, I felt like I was being split into like six different directions. I was like, oh, do I want to go moody and dark? Do I want to... Uh, oversaturate my oranges? Do I want to desaturate my oranges? Or do I want to keep my oranges but I want to desaturate the blue? Do I want to do light and airy? Do I want to do light and airy but more film like as in more like pink tone? Or do I want to do more of a green tone? Do I want to do green? Do I do want to do green? Do I want to do more classic and like keep things like barely edited? That like plagued me every single day of like which direction do you want to go, Jamie? And that was really, really hard. And so every time I saw these beautiful feeds by these incredible photographers, I just felt... Like, I get all clammed up and just didn't know what to do. And I still do. Like, there's sometimes I look at other people's work, and I'm just like, wow, it's so beautiful. Maybe I should do that. And you start to second guess that your work is even good enough. But at the end of the day, um, I always think of Brené Brown. Brené Brown is, like, the answer to so many questions for me. She has all of the education I've done with her, with, like, her online programs and all of her books have really helped me push through a lot of... Um, my things with vulnerability and innovation and creativity and also um, the comparison game. And the comparison game doesn't get you anywhere. In the past it would keep me completely stalled and I wouldn't move forward because I was too afraid to make a decision. Uh, Now I make decisions quicker but I still have those moments where I'm like should I do this or should I do that or Uh, Am I doing good enough? Like I still see other people's work that I truly deeply admire. And I go into like an inner funk of being like, I'm not doing good enough. And this week has actually been a good indicator of that because I was coming home from Chicago and I felt like this incredible, I don't know, I felt really good about myself after my week away. I was like, you know what? I'm really good at my job. I'm really good at what I do. I have really great connections with my clients. I'm extremely thorough with my organization, my aesthetic. Like how, like the visual part of my photos are really beautiful. I'm really glad I've come such a far way in these four or five years. But then yesterday, I had way too much time on social media, and all of a sudden, that all came crashing down because I was looking at the people that I admired, and I was like, "That's where I want to get. That's where I want to be." But at the end of the day, that is what uh, A. Brown would call a gremlin. And, the, and my automatic training with that gremlin is what is the gremlin saying and the only way to shine light or how to come out of that gremlin voice is to shine light on it. And that means like talking about it, usually with somebody you love, if you can't talk to somebody you love about it, then you talk to yourself about it. And I usually do that on a piece of paper or I write it on my laptop. So I'll be like, okay, what is the gremlin saying? Well, the gremlin is saying that I'm not good enough, that my work right now isn't good enough, that it's not nearly where it needs to be. And then by shining some light on it, that's one, acknowledging how I'm feeling, and two, fact checking it. So when I sit down and I look at you're not good enough, I can fact check it. Am I really not good enough? Where's the proof in that? Well, I have all these clients. I'm getting paid to do what I do. I have amazing followers and people who ask me for their advice that want to do mentorship with me. There is no there's no evidence that I'm not good enough at what I do. I'm obviously doing a really great job, I'm doing the best that I can right now, and if there is anything that I could change in this moment, what could that be? And usually when I think about the comparison piece is that I can change my attitude of feeling not good enough and I can just allow myself to be fueled to keep bettering myself, as in stay, keep training myself, keep learning, trying new things, Um, and creative shoots come into that, so for me, I know the person who asked this question isn't a photographer, but for me, I feel like I'm growing when I'm collaborating with other people and when I get to try something new. So if the gremlin is saying that I'm kind of stagnant, then I would push myself to do something in order to better myself. So my word of advice is fact check it, is it real? Is that true? Is that gremlin actually being honest? Guarantee you it's not. It's just a fear-based mentality trying to keep you small and it's just fear. Um, And I think it's also better to take a minute and recognize that we all can't be the same, otherwise the world would be exceptionally boring. I can't be like the other photographers as much as I try. I can't be who they are, they can't be who I am. I can try to get somewhat close with their um like photographic skills, like you can learn tools and you can learn aesthetics, but at the end of the day they don't have what I have and I can't have what they have either. So it's about really leaning into your own strengths, honoring those strengths and obviously uh pushing yourself where you're needed. Is that a good answer?
1: I think it's a great answer. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Okay cool. Nailed it. Okay, sweet. At the end of the day, what keeps you coming back to work? Do you ever feel disenchanted or fed up? How do you keep the spark alive?
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) I definitely have days where I feel disenchanted or fed up or frustrated or angry or just like, I'm sure Lion's heard me say it so many times, like, I'm done, I'm giving up, this is too much, I can't handle it. And usually that's after something that I've dealt with, like if it was like a bad client experience or... If I have someone kind of pushing on me too hard, but they didn't give me it like what their expectations at the beginning or I don't know, it could be anything. It could just be some kind of miscommunication or it could have been that I just didn't feel as energized as I normally do at like a shoot. It could be anything and it could totally derail me. It could be Instagram. It could be social media. It could be a comment that somebody left me. Um, there's a lot of times where I get fed up or disenchanted or totally fried up, which is basically when I'm burning out from overworking myself. Um, how do I... What was the question? How do I stay... How do I keep the spark? How
1: yeah. do you keep your spark alive? Or this The spark alive.
0: Okay. So how to keep the spark alive. A couple of things. Number one, keep learning. That is my number one thing to keep the spark alive when you keep you when you stop thinking you have nothing to learn like your light kind of fizzles out because you feel like you already made it there's nothing to grow towards so for me it's always saying there's more to learn jamie there's more things that you can keep pushing yourself forward so that helps keep the spark alive because it makes me realize that i don't have it all figured out and to stay humble and to keep moving forward and the second thing would be collaboration Collaboration is still so new to me and I want to do more and it can be really, really scary because it's kind of vulnerable. But it's in times of collaboration and making new things that I feel re-energized and I remember why I do what I do. And also by helping others, I realize that um, there's more to photography than just taking a pretty picture. It's about experience. It's about the people Mm. you're helping and uh, creating more beauty in the world.
1: Number five, how do you balance work and life? especially now with your diagnosis?
0: This one I'm still learning. Um, It's hard because every day it's different. I've learned a lot about the spoon theory. If you've never heard of it, I recommend Googling it. There's this wonderful woman who came up with this idea of spoon theory, and it's just basically a great way to explain... Um, Anybody who has a chronic illness, how they need to conserve their energy. So after learning that, it actually made total sense for me to try and find more balance in my work life. I'm not great at it. I'm trying to get better. Um, It's really hard when you like what you do (laughs) to try and find balance. Um, But a few things that I do is uh, Landon and I try to get up at the same time together every day. It doesn't happen all the time, but we get up together. He makes me coffee. I can slowly ease into my day And then I can start work usually around eight or nine, depending if I slept in or not. And then from there, I actually have, um, I schedule my day using uh, the bullet journal and kind of creating like my top three and organizing my hours that way and making sure I put in breaks, um, time where I can just like sit for a little bit, drink some water, uh, make sure I eat. Eating is a really big problem for me. I always have to remember to go eat something. Um, And then, A good thing is that Lannan usually gets off around 4 o'clock. So I kind of have an incentive to not work after 4. So I try to get as much done until the time he comes home. So when he comes home, I'm off the computer and I'm just resting and being with him. Having him home and just having him in my life allows me to really stay focused on making sure that I'm not uh, bringing work into our life together And then I'm also allocating my hours per week. So I allow, I kind of allocate two days of editing. I have a couple days scheduled in my time schedule for meetings and then I have uh, two to three times a week where I allow for shoots and that in itself, having that organized so my VA can schedule it in for me and we are on the same page um, has made a huge difference. It sounds counterintuitive, but more structure equals more freedom. Most people think the opposite, like the more flexible they feel, as in like it's very loosey-goosey every single day, the more freedom they're going to feel. But to be honest, you'll feel more stressed out because you'll feel like you're missing things all the time because you're not organized. So organize yourself to the best of your ability, keep yourself accountable, and um, you can achieve more of that balance. I know people say that it's not existent, I don't think that's true. I think it is existent. I just think it's based on your attitude and your willingness to make changes and to push yourself to stay and be integral to the limitations that you have.
1: All right. How do you plan to expand your business in the next years, I guess?
0: how do I expand in the next year? Okay, first and foremost, it's creating a team. So at this point in my business, there's just too much going on for little old me to (laughs) manage. Um, I've realized that I've been maintaining my business for a long time and it's all kind of climbing up on me too quickly and it it makes me really, really, um, it makes me burn out and it makes me grumpy when (laughs) there's too much going on and I can't handle it all by myself, but I want to do it all. And so I've learned that as kind of It's kind of like a marker. When I start to feel that way, I realize there's too much on my plate and I need help. So I need to start outsourcing. So I have an editor now as of the new year that I'm working with. And then I have my VA who works with me a couple times a week. And then I am going to be taking on an intern possibly two who will work with me. And hopefully this is going to help kind of spread out some of my work so that I can start focusing on growing my business instead of constantly maintaining it. Um, I'm really, really excited about that. I think that's gonna open the doors to so many things, um, including what I hope to start in 2018, which is a nonprofit organization for the chronic illness community with two other girlfriends of mine um, and another side project with another two girlfriends of mine (laughs) for Calgary, which I'm really excited about.
1: Last question. I'll do that again because I dropped the pen. <laughs> it's okay. Number seven. What was your biggest obstacle in the beginning? What is your biggest obstacle now?
0: Uh, the biggest obstacle in the beginning was getting out of my own way. Um, I always over... I don't know, Lenny, you probably can attest to this. I over thought everything I think I think I made things look bigger than that they actually were so I gave myself too much anxiety about thinking the bigger problems when I could just I could have just started and then kept going I think I just made everything harder and scarier than it needed to be and I doubted myself too much because I didn't have the confidence yet and the other obstacle would have been um, probably that I just I wasn't used to working by myself Mm -hmm. And that was really lonely and it actually created, it made me kind of depressed and I wasn't, I didn't realize that I needed human contact more often than I needed. And so when I figured that out, I realized I had to get out of the house. I had to go to coffee shops. I had to do other things to make myself um, feel sane. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if I didn't, everything came crashing down on me. Mm -hmm. And organization and just realizing where my weaknesses was a part of that. Uh, My biggest obstacle now would probably be the learning curve of a team. I'm not used to working with others anymore. It's been five years of working by myself. Um, So my biggest obstacle is just learning that. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to having a team again and being able to be with groups of really strong, amazing women that I can support them in their business and they get to support me with mine and uh, I've been very nervous about that because I am such an emotional person. I want to make sure everything gets right and done in my business, but I also want to make sure that um, I'm being kind and sensitive to the people I really care about as well. So it's about finding that balance for me. I get very nervous about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Landon, you're going to ask your own questions now, right? You have three?
1: Yeah, I just jotted them down as we're talking right now. So Okay,
0: what's the first one?
1: What do you like <laughs> What do you like working or what do you like most about working with me?
0: Um, One, your incredible eye candy. <laughs> uh, I love like the comfort. First and foremost is the comfort of knowing that you're there with me because I just love spending time with you always. Um, it's kind of like you. Like we always want to take each other with us because we just love having each other by our sides. And it's kind of a comfort in a way of, we're such opposites and we really bring something different to the table, and I really love that about our relationship is that when we both show up, we, sh- we bring two sides, and that would probably be my first thing. My second thing is that um, you know what to do before I even ask you, which is the best part ever. You know exactly what I want, you know it before I, I want it, and if I even mention it to you, you're like, oh yeah, I already did it, or yeah, I already got it. And that is, like, the biggest stress reliever of all time. I never have to think, oh, does Lana need this? Does Lana need that? Does he know this? Does he know that? You just know. And you're such a hard worker and you care about all the people around you that you just take care of it. And um, on wedding days, my heart just, like, explodes when you help, um, like, the grandma and the grandpa. Like, when you walk them over into family photos, oh, my gosh, my heart just goes... (laughs) so cute.
1: I'm really good at walking. You <laughs> got it. <laughs> Thank you.
0: You're a great shooter too, but that's already implied. <laughs>
1: would you encourage other couples to work together?
0: Yeah, I totally would. Um, however, I don't think it's for everybody. I do think that um, if you got it and you know you guys can do it, 100%, I think it's amazing. I think uh, people want couples. They want to know that they're supporting families They want to know that they're, uh, like as another couple who hires another couple, they love knowing that they're going to get to know that relationship and that there is two sets of husbands, two sets of wives. I think it's a positive in a lot of ways. The only way I think it could be a negative is if that you guys really hate working together. If you don't enjoy it, I would say don't ever do it. Do things that um, make you better people and also do things that you enjoy. What would you say?
1: I would add to that, I think that's true, but we only work together on maybe twice a week, like kind of on the weekends. Yeah. A little bit throughout the week.
0: Yeah, like we're not constantly together. And I
1: think it's important you have your time alone Mm -hmm. and you have your own friends and your your own space Mm -hmm. to get that break because I feel like we do sometimes have a little bit of tension Mm -hmm. at a photo shoot and uh but when we regroup the next day we're we forget about those things and we I don't know we forgive each other and we realize why maybe one was upset with another but Mm -hmm. we work through it totally so I think think breaks important
0: yeah breaks are very important I think if we were constantly together we might drive each other crazy a little bit so yeah you're right we do need space and you
1: have your own office and I have mine and yeah I think that's a good thing
0: Totally. I agree.
1: Okay, this question came up as we're talking about this, kind of like all the others did, but this one's stood out more than the others, is Mm -hmm. I don't like talking to myself in social media. I find it's really hard and awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, Also don't like looking at myself, which is kind of funny. But um, (laughs) where did you learn to talk to yourself so well? Because this isn't easy.
0: Oh my gosh, that is a really, really, really good question. Because
1: it's important um, in today's business is to market yourself and mm-hmm. maybe I'm not the best or some people aren't the best. So is there other ways?
0: Mm-hmm. I want to say that not every social media platform is for everybody. Like I feel like first and foremost, go towards the one that makes you feel the best. So for me, I don't like Twitter that much. I don't like Facebook at all. I don't even have Facebook anymore. Um, whereas some people really love that stuff so they stick towards it I love Instagram I love snapchat I love talking to people on cameras and video I've um, I've never really shied away from it but you know what it is I think it's because I did communications in high school so I did broadcasting I was I got used to the camera then um, and I just got really used to I did public speaking, I I just got so used to doing it that it doesn't make me that uncomfortable. But I will say, when I started Instagram Stories, I was terrified. When I started Snapchat, it was not that big of a deal because nobody followed me. But when I started Insta Stories, I had like at least 3,000 people already following me. So that literally, that was really scary for me because I felt like everybody was going to be watching and that made me really nervous. Um, so, my best tip for anybody who is really afraid of talking to themselves and look at themselves on a camera is to pick one person. So, for me, I always pick Landon because I am my most self with him. I am my goofiest with him. I'm also my most, my worst with him. I just, I'm totally 100% myself when I'm with Landon, best and worst at all times. So, I would choose to just talk to him and then push publish and just forget about it. And what's really cool is that when you are yourself and you're being authentic and you're being real and you're just having fun, people really gravitate towards that and they get really excited and you can just, like, I don't know, you start to attract people that really enjoy it and they usually say something and then that just helps boost your confidence to keep going. You know, like, I look at other people's Instagram, like, stories and they do, like, beautiful stories, like they're so thoughtful with how they lay it out, whereas mine is much more organic, more real, I don't really care what it looks like visually, it can be really ugly sometimes it can be really beautiful I just want to know that I'm being myself and I think even having a blog years and years ago where I was just being totally honest and people really, like, really um, appreciated that that really encouraged me to just constantly show up authentically and be integral to who you are and the rest flows naturally. It's when you are being inauthentic and you're not being yourself that people kind of get drawn away. They can feel it. They'll watch you and they'll really be like, oh, there's something not right here. Whereas with people who I think that watch me, they, they know that I'm just being myself. That I'm not trying to be anything but me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At least that's what I feel like I'm mm-hmm. doing because that's my intention. <laughs> how did you end up second shooting for Jamie and what's it like working with her
1: second shooting for Jamie
0: when was the first time Do I remember?
1: don't really what? know it was scary I had to go to the guy's house all alone <laughs> yeah, and I know. try to figure out this camera that I've definitely used before but haven't used professionally mm-hmm. um, I've always been into photography um, I feel like I've had that interest I've never really taken it to that next level so I think you encouraged me to kind of push myself a little bit more hmm um <laughs> Ella those are your floppy ears those are so loud and then what was the second part of that
0: um what's it like working with her
1: um it, I think the first one was tough like mm-hmm. it was learning an experience for me hmm um I was always kind of looking up to you to give me direction and I think you were getting frustrated with that and then I was probably, I was bragging or being exhausting on you a little bit more than I should have been, mm-hmm. which is I good you to ask know. ask
0: questions out loud that you should never ask questions yeah, like, out in front of clients. I was like, you should not be saying that. And I
1: think it's always to put on a strong face in front of your clients so you don't stress them out.
0: Yeah, especially on a wedding day. So
1: learning that was really important.
0: Mm-hmm. It was. Um, I don't remember. I think maybe because I couldn't find anybody and I needed you. I'm pretty sure that's how it happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think working for you is easy now. I just, I know, I know everything. I know when you're getting tired. I know when you're happy. I know when you're sad. So I just, you're pick and choose your battles and mm-hmm. your timing is everything. So you're really easy to work for now because I'm able to see that and I can kind of predict mm-hmm. that. So you kind of just say go do your thing here's my agenda or here's my schedule and then i just do it
0: mm-hmm. so
1: it's really just kind of in my own world mm-hmm. sometimes drink one or two glasses of wine mm-hmm. too many
0: i think the biggest thing is self reliance <laughs> like i get really frustrated when my second shooters are too needy because mm-hmm. i'm like i have my clients who are very needy and i need to take care of them you're here as like a backup And so I always have to remind them, like you need to be very Mm self-sufficient and need you to be confident and need you to kind of push through when you're in doubt and to try and problem solve in the moment Um, because the main shooter has so much work Mm -hmm. ahead of them and they have so much stress on their shoulders because everything falls down on them. The second shooter doesn't get blamed for anything. The main shooter always does Mm -hmm. if there's anything that goes awry. And so for me, it's always been about finding people who can support themselves and know how to problem solve in the moment and know how to pick those moments when they need help instead of in the middle of, like, a portrait session with a couple on a wedding day. Right. Yeah. But that's right. It's, like, finding your moments. I agree. And everything's trial and error. You have to, like, kind of learn as you go. Um, <laughs> this one is, this one's to be expected for the rest of our life for the last couple of years. When do you think you guys will start a family?
1: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I feel like every day it changes. I think right now is we want some time to be together and mm-hmm. kind of build Jamie's business and really kind of enjoy where we're at right now. And then maybe in two years, three years, four years, <laughs> not likely two years, but it could be as soon as six weeks from now. Like yeah, they can. all depend. Yeah. I, I think we need time.
0: Yeah.
1: I would like to say two year, two years from now, yeah. But who knows?
0: Yeah, but it's funny because in two years you would need to you need to get pregnant next year in order to have a baby in two years. Yeah, and that's a lot. Isn't that crazy? That's like it seems very soon. Um, good answer. <laughs> uh, what's it like to be a caregiver to someone who is sick and running a business at the same time?
1: It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like yeah you just have to mentally prepare yourself like it's as much as you want to be selfish it's not like as much as you wanted it to be about you and like you're tired you gotta always think about someone else and they're suffering a little bit more mm-hmm. so doing the research and kind of understanding how they feel and not really taking that pain away from them but like making sure they have felt like they've been heard mm-hmm. and understanding that we don't know everything so just really being sympathetic to to how they feel and just be nurturing and super compassionate I think what people don't realize is like that's super taxing on the other person or me so like Mm -hmm. it's super super exhausting um
0: it's exhausting for everybody but yeah
1: exactly you can't can't make it about yourself because you're going through that much more
0: Mm -hmm. And it's hard too because someone who's sick is consumed with the fact that they're sick and they're unwell Mm -hmm. and it's hard to even be sympathetic that the caregivers around you are struggling as well because you're the one that's sick and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're struggling, but I'm really struggling, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think it's like this, it's a very symbiotic Mm -hmm. thing of give and take and being there for each other and it's hard, especially running a business on top of it because... I have so many more limitations now than I didn't have before, even though I don't like to believe I am limited. Mm -hmm. I am, though.
1: Yeah, I think it's, again, just knowing your person. So I I think Mm -hmm. when I know you're tired, I'll just step up a little bit. And you see me tired sometimes, too. Mm -hmm. And then you'll step up and like, hey, go take a break. And I'll go have a nap in the car for three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was so
0: funny. (laughs) Landon passed out. At a wedding for a couple of hours in the car, we had to send somebody out to go get him. I wasn't he was drunk. It was no. I was
1: tired from a long day of work. So.
0: Yeah, and he was off because he was off by a certain time as a second shooter and I had to keep shooting for a couple more hours and so he went to go take a quick little nap. This was out in Golden, BC.
1: <laughs> it was excellent.
0: <laughs> Power nap. Um, you kind of touched on this, but what what are the words of advice that you'd give to those who are supporting people with chronic illness? You kind of said it. You said do
1: some research. Do some
0: research so you can learn about it. Whatever they're going through, and the second one was um, being sympathetic or compassionate, never taking away, taking it away from them. Yeah,
1: like you've taught me that if you have twitching or some sort of pain in your leg, I'll be like, oh yeah, I have that too. Yeah, but it, it, I think it belittles that person with a different type of pain
0: yeah it makes it sound like what that person experiencing you are are experiencing it as well when you're actually healthy and you're not sick so it makes it feel like they're making making it more of a big deal than Mm -hmm. what it is but it is a big deal
1: I think it's just doing research because otherwise you're just in denial like I feel like I'm still in denial like yeah you don't necessarily look different so Mm -hmm. why are you acting different Mm-hmm. We were cool last week, so we weren't you cool this week. Mm-hmm. And so just making sure you, you have that background of knowledge to be able to support them as, as they needed to be supported.
0: Yeah, that's the hard thing about a lot of chronic illnesses is that they're invisible. So when people mm-hmm. look at me, they don't say, oh, look, there's a sick person. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. And I know that is the biggest struggle for everybody around me including my family, that's hard to look at me and be like, oh, she's running this business, she's so busy and she's doing so well and she's doing all these things, how can she be sick? But they don't feel what I'm feeling.
1: Yeah, I'm a believer and I don't know if this is the right thing yet. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. But to like, I don't want to change my lifestyle because you're you're sick. Like you're mm-hmm. still Jamie, you're still, we still have a wonderful life together. Like we're not going to change that. Like we just mm-hmm. maybe have to modify that, but not to forget I don't know your your dreams and your passion and what you do because if you change it too much, I think you're gonna become obsessed over this disease and you're gonna struggle even more. And I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes you get caught where you're doing so much research, it like it scares you so much that mm-hmm. you you kind of forget where we're at right now. And oh, totally, I feel like we've
0: you start expecting the worst and You're you expecting the worst
1: and you you can't sleep at night because of that so it's just like yeah you need to do that research but there needs to be a balance where you you de- do your day-to-day life like mm-hmm. if you just went cold cut turkey and stopped doing everything you love just because you want to fight this like what are you really fighting for
0: totally and that's one thing that i'm so appreciative of you is that you keep me in the present moment yeah because it's so easy for me to start fearing the worst so that I can plan. Like, I'm such a planner. I'm like, okay, this is what's going to happen next. So I should probably plan for it by doing this. Mm -hmm. And I should do that so I don't lose, like, mobility. Like, I start thinking about all the things that could potentially happen and how I can Mm
1: -hmm.
0: try and, like, stop it before it happens. But it takes me away from being in the moment now with you Mm -hmm. in this beautiful life that we have. And I'm so grateful that you keep bringing me back down so I'm not trying to... Um, forecast basically uh, and my future
1: my response might change next week or next month
0: it's still so early for both of us um, I've only been what it's only been like six months
1: yeah
0: good good answer um <laughs> this is a good one what were the challenges in the beginning of Jamie starting her own business as a partner with a stable job Remember you were like really worried about it in the beginning.
1: I think financially I was worried because
0: yeah.
1: we weren't really dual income at the time. We were. No, I made very was, little. <laughs> yeah, like what what you made at yoga or teaching yoga was minimal. Was minimal and could support I don't know a car payment maybe, but uh, it couldn't support the lifestyle we wanted to live. So mm-hmm. when you decided to forget about that small income and start your own business like I know there's a lot behind a business that like like you need to invest in computers and cameras and Mm -hmm. cameras aren't cheap so that was scary and I think at the time too you you kind of didn't know where you, you thought you would or you didn't really have a clear direction that you have now so every week it was a different idea which is great and I I don't want to take that excitement away but at the same time we do have to support um, ourselves and pay our mortgage and and do that type of stuff so I'm not I'm not a square person that I believe in money like I do Mm -hmm. like I do believe in money but I I don't (laughs) I think it's all about that I do believe in again a balance like like we should have fun but we we do need to pay the bills so yeah I think it's just I don't know just being uh
0: it was hard in the beginning I remember I kept getting mad at you because I felt like you were squandering me a little bit. But you weren't. You were just just hesitant and worried, which everybody would be. And I just remember getting so defensive and so mad at you. Being like, I just need you to support me. I just need you to, Mm -hmm. like, push through and not be afraid. Because when you get afraid, I get afraid. Mm -hmm. And I remember being so mad at you. And I can't remember, like, what changed? Like, what what changed that for you? When
1: you started making more money than I did? (laughs) No. No, I, I... I think it only was a week or two that i really was struggling and then when i realized you can do this and you're a better business person than most most friends or people i've kind of looked up to um that just kind of gave me the
0: encouragement yeah the the
1: comfort just letting you do what you do and you need to support that
0: yeah is it because, like, the confidence i have? I'm only thinking about, like, my listeners, the people who are wanting to start. Was it, like, a, the sense of confidence that I was caring about it, my determination? Like, what made you feel more secure about it besides making money?
1: Oh, yeah, I think your confidence. I think... I don't know. You're you're so... You're committed to doing a great job, and, yeah, your confidence just kind of supports that, to that commitment. Like, you mm-hmm. you, you just... Put your head down and you do it and you seem to know what you're doing even though i don't know how you've learned what you you know but every day yeah you i don't know you're continuing to impress me really
0: Ah, you're so far away i want to kiss you <laughs> <laughs> um watching me build this business has it changed you in any way
1: watching you build this, this
0: business, business has it changed you in any way
1: if anything it's intimidating because i think one day i want to i want to have some sort of presence mm. and i feel like i would have to live up to your mm. kind of level and expectations and i i think i'm a very different person than you are yeah the camera is not necessarily my thing i do have a lot of confidence mm-hmm. not behind a camera mm-hmm. or behind a microphone but, yeah, no, what was the question again so I can get uh, back on track?
0: Um, seeing me build my business, has it changed you in any way?
1: Yeah, no, I think, yeah, it's intimidated me more than anything, but I definitely aspire to to be like you and to continue to learn. I think that's one thing that has impressed me with you is you're always learning. You're always downloading new new links or new books and continuing to push yourself, which I feel like I've kind of plateaued. Um, I feel like I plateau every year for maybe two months. And then I realize that I'm in a funk and I'll get out of it, but you, you don't really hit that plateau. And I think that shows in your growth of your business. So I need to get out of that kind of funk.
0: It's funny because I hit it. It's just that as soon as I feel it, I hit the ground running for education. Yeah. I think that's honestly when I tell people who are starting a business, my first thing I'm like, you just have to keep learning because Mm -hmm. if you keep learning, you'll keep growing. And if you keep growing, people are going to keep following you. Um, and doing like, want to know more about your business because you're not staying the same. You're still getting better and better. Mm -hmm. Um, so education has always been my number one. Um, learning new things has been number one always. Uh Um, um, I'm sad that it intimidates you. That makes me, like, so bummed or out. You're but you're
1: so good at it. that.
0: I know, but I'd hope it would, like... I'm good. ...make I, you excited. Yeah.
1: Well, I think intimidation is good because it's going to bother me, and then... It's going to bother you. I'll figure it out, and then I'll... <laughs> uh, I'll compete with you. Like, okay. I think it's... I don't think intimidation needs to... Be a negative thing? Be a negative thing. Yeah. I I... Like, there's a lot of people, like even some of my best friends, the day you meet them, you might hate them. And it's not because you don't connect with them, it's because you you aspire to be like them and you Mm -hmm. you wanna point whatever you 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 wanna be more like them and so then you you figure it out and you guys really bond and
0: at first glance you're like, Oh my gosh, you're scary and intimidating because I wanna be just like you but the reality Mm -hmm. is is they're gonna push you to be better.
1: You push them to be or they push you to be better and you break down what intimidates you and you figure out where those holes are and then you fill mm-hmm. those holes and it doesn't take long to kind of get up to their speed and be comfortable with it. So intimidation is yeah. a good thing.
0: I agree. Actually that reminds me of Daniel Laporte. She's a Vancouver based author and she talks about core desires. And she said like when's, when you meet somebody and there's like something in them that like you want, and you're like, what is that? Like there's something mm-hmm. in you that I really, really want and to sit down with it and try and figure it out. Um, That's like my last episode from the last episode of season one. I talked about Joanna Gaines and Chip Gaines. When I read their book, there was something in there that I was just like, I want what you have and I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. And I found out the core desire was I wanted a partnership. Like I wanted you. I mm-hmm. wanted to do something with you down the road. And then I was like super excited about that. Uh, And I didn't know that was a core desire, but it wasn't until I met, like not met them, but it wasn't until I like came across them and hearing their story that I realized that was something I actually wanted deep down inside. So I think when you say like intimidation, it almost makes me think that you look at my life and you see what I'm doing and you see it as I want that. There's something there that I want and I desire. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to work towards that. Is that Mm -hmm.
1: right? Totally.
0: Cool. Um, That was it. That was all the questions I had. What was your favorite thing about our wedding day?
1: Seating for the first time. That Aww, was exciting. The first look? Your dress was so beautiful. Aww. I didn't expect that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I didn't expect to wear that dress either.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you didn't change it because I know you're talking about it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad. My first look was fun. It was actually really funny because I was so scared. And I was all—I was totally fine all day. Um, I found out Landon was a bit anxious. Um, but I was totally normal. I didn't feel Who stressed out. Who told you out. I was anxious? I think Chris said you were kind of anxious. You were kind of oh, yeah. a little nervous. And I was totally fine up until I got in the car. I was in the Uber with Alyssa. And we were driving to the first look. And as I got closer, I could, like, see the Wrigley building far away. As soon as I got closer, I started getting really nervous. But
1: once I saw you, I wasn't anxious anymore. It was yeah. Done.
0: It's just right before. Yeah. And then uh, when your back was turned and I was ready to, like, say okay and turn around and call your name mm-hmm. i started crying because i was just like so <laughs> overwhelmed with emotion and i was so excited that when he turned around it just started bawling um and you look so handsome and it was just so cool to see like this city of chicago behind you and everything that we were talking about just coming to life was so cool mm-hmm.
1: it's a beautiful day yeah it was loved it
0: it was amazing Okay, guys, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you liked this episode. Um, If you loved listening to Landon, you should go to his Instagram at Landon, L-A-N-D-O-N, Ann Holt, A-N-H-O-L-T. Give him a little DM. Send him some love. Say, hey, buddy, good job. You did great. (laughs) I'm sure he would really appreciate that. (laughs) I I
1: probably won't start Instagram stories. It's too stressful.
0: (laughs) Give him a little bit of encouragement. Um, It's been so lovely to have you on here. I want you to come back on again. Um, So that's it. Thank you so much. And we'll see you for episode two. I can't wait. Chat soon. Bye.